Hey guys, happy Matthew's Eve! Isn't it Woo! so nice? Yeah, actually, it's Matthew's Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is Matthew's Day. Day. Yesterday was Matthew's Eve. He's playing tonight. Oh yeah, good time. That's right. It feels like tomorrow, but it isn't. You just hurt my head. I'm sorry. You just hurt. I felt something pop. I don't know. I felt like I, I feel like it's just, I, I, you know, we're three games into the season, and I felt like, you know, it's like every other night we have a game now. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my god, when it am I going to watch Succession? It is a lot. This is going to be the first time since twenty early 2020 that the Leafs are going to play a regular season game against a team that's not from Canada because the schedulers decided to dick around and have the Senators and the Canadians off the top of the year instead of just an American team. The first time since March 10th, 2020 against the Tampa Bay Lightning, a 2-1 win uh, Punctuated by a Marner to Matthews pass, I believe, on the power play. Ooh. And the Leafs won. There you go. I like right. those. Maybe we'll see one of those tonight. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I tell you what, it would be chicken soup for Mitch's soul because that is a frustrated individual. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can talk about Mitch in a second. I do want to say, too, if Georgiev starts tonight, we're fucked. Because <laughs> there's two teams he plays well against. And I think it's it's the Leafs and isn't it the Islanders or something? Like he's got, and then everybody else, he's like, eh, he's okay. You're already starting to see the rumbles. The 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 Leafs storyline rumbles. Jake B. Leafs, uh, who I follow, I love was him. like, it, you know, what if it's just, what if it's that, it, it's not that every goalie is George Vesna against the Leafs. It's that the Leafs do <laughs> something that makes goalies look good. Nah. Couldn't no, be that. Oh, no. Couldn't be that. <laughs> Couldn't be the 43% power play going down to 5% I don't over know. the course of last year. No, no. Forsberg is Vesna. <laughs> like, he's George Vesna. Well, like, I don't know what about the Leafs' strategy of, like, a sick pass into a forehand backhand deke getting friggin' robbed. Like, I don't know what part about that is Sheldon Keefe's fault. Like, right. I think Forsberg might have been good. He had there. a good game. There's no question. <laughs> he had I, I think we got two games. Give, yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. He did. But listen, hey, Leafs win. Again. Hooray. Yay. So I Saturday like night, watched the game, and it felt like they started on time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, finally. Good. Good. Hooray. I'm happy about that. That's good. That's I'm positive. Not. I'm baseline. About no, that. you can't be That's baseline. That's what I about expect. It. No, we no. need to be positive here. You're right. Fine. I'm satisfied. You're right. Thank you. So, well, I mean, Spezza said it was something uh, after the last game. He's like, listen, you know, it's not uh, something we're too worried about this early in the season. I'm just like, really? And then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, uh, and then he said, "But it's obviously something we're going to talk about." And then they talked about it. and They did it. And this is the thing with this team: they're so talented they can come back from anything. We've seen them do it. But like, you don't have to come back if you're up. Isn't that great? No, unless you're playing the Hurricanes. Then you gotta have a three nothing lead and blow that, <laughs> and have your own three goal come back. God, this team has taken years off my life. <laughs> <laughs> or the Senators last year when you're up five to one. But anyway, yeah. oh. Um, oh, so yeah. thank you. You know, I think I think Let's play all the hits. It's it's nice that it's nice that Jack Campbell's playing the way he is. Mm -hmm. Really good, uh, especially because they had a University of Toronto goalie in oh. backup, which could have been a great storyline. Uh, but no, no, you don't think so? No, I mean it could have been. It could have been. I got a notification. I got an email notification just just before I came in the house. It was an email from. The NHL, because I guess they have an article up on NHL.com. And it was David Ayer's pregame advice to Alex Bishop. And I was like, that's, <laughs> that's enough. 
There that is couple, enough. There's a couple really fun things out of that uh, Bishop uh, backup because he was supposed to. He's in rotation for the EPUG goalie for the Leafs, and he yes. missed his spot for the David Ayers game right. by like two days, like in the rotation. So he could have he could have had that one too, and then uh, on Saturday. But um, it turned out it was actually a really smart decision by Keith or by Dubis to do this instead of uh, playing short a man. Well, it, it worked out. It worked out, but yes. it was the risk was worth it. So what was because, the risk? So, what, what happened? So I found this on Twitter. Um, it is rule fifty point ten e on on uh, in the NHL rule book. Where do we get one of these books? I want this. So, book. Yeah, who who is this? Who's got the tweet? It was it was from a tweet from an account called uh, Steel Wind. I don't okay. know. Just I was just looking through replies on a, um, a Bishop tweet, and mm -hmm. I found this. So. When after one game of Bishop, they can now bring up Hutch without a cap hit for the entire time that Mrazek is out. Because uh, it's an emergency call-up. Yes. Which I we need to redefine emergency because I think the emergency was a couple days ago when they had to sign a U of T goalie. <laughs> Right but now, it's the, the the delayed emergency. Yeah. So by by having Bishop, I've on broken the lineup, my ankle. Yes, your ambulance will be there in a couple days. <laughs> so by having Bishop on the lineup, you kick in the emergency clause in the CBA, and then now Hutch doesn't count against the salary cap for any amount of time that Mrazek just doesn't play, which is awesome because none of these accruing days they don't add up at the end of the uh, when the trade deadline kicks in. You need that salary cap space. So credit to Dubas for finding out this rule. Yeah, Thomas Drance had a pretty level-headed uh, take on it. Like, teams that are aggressive about the salary cap make these dicey kind of bets. Mm -hmm. And you don't count on this bet uh, coming into play nearly immediately when the season begins. Mraza gets hurt in his first bloody game, um, but it ends up paying off. And for everybody out there being like, ah, oh, it always happens to the Leafs. No, around the league, there are teams in this exact scenario right now. The mm -hmm. Avalanche played down a man on Saturday. Yes. He played short a skater because of this exact same thing. So I did I did see that defense and I didn't like it. I didn't, okay. I didn't like it very much because related to the goalie injury, there was Justin Hall who was out for uh, COVID protocol reasons. He ended up not having it. He was sick with something else, which you're allowed to be. The Avalanche have like a half a dozen guys mm -hmm. <laughs> on COVID protocol. To me, they're they're like totally different situations. The the Leaf situation seemed a lot more avoidable than the Avalanches. Okay, but then the Vegas at the end of last season also played down and, skaters, and that's poor management. <laughs> that, well, well, no, I'm just saying. No, it's, sorry, it's, it's not poor management. Thing. It's they knew this was going to happen. And it was a good example of a team not actually caring about the regular season. Mm. They're, they're like, yeah, we may or may not win the President's Trophy, but whatever, whatever. And we know we're going to play the Avalanche, uh, whatever. We're giving them home ice advantage in the playoffs. Hopefully we beat them anyway. And they did. Uh, I don't know. It just it seemed like this Leaf scenario was avoidable. And luckily we avoided disaster. And now they get to enjoy the fruits of it, which is Hutchinson at no cap hit. High risk, high reward. There you go. And a game three, who cares, right? Doesn't matter. Well, <laughs> I mean, oh. they're a groin tweak away from Hutchinson being the starter for this foreseeable future. Yeah. So. Right. Also, ask the Jays about games not matter. Th that's what I mean. And and that's, I think, why <laughs> I was all over them last week. Is like, the, you know, if you're a Toronto fan, the Jays, the Jays 
missed out on the postseason by a game, a single game. Mm. They won 90 games and it wasn't good enough. 91. Yeah. Welcome 91. to the, uh, oh. the, uh, that, uh, that the division. AL East. AL East. That's, I almost said Atlantic. Um, but, I, but all the same, still very strong. I have no idea who's still in like the MLB playoffs. Oh, no man, idea. you're missing what? a good Braves and Dodgers series. I totally checked out after, oh. after the Jays. Really I'm, good. I'm, no, oh. I, can't, I can't do it in my heart. No, no, no. Right now, you're cheering for the Astros and the Dodgers. Okay. Screw, oh, screw Boston. No, I'm like, cheering for the. I think what you just said is I'm cheering for the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. I thought I misheard you. That was a the, you missed some thing. really good drama with the Astros White Sox series too. There's a lot of yapping going on. It was. It was. Yeah. It's been a really compelling uh, MLB postseason. Yeah. It's surprisingly really fun. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So. I mean, at some point we got to move on with the Astros. I know, I think... But not yet. I think what it is with the Astros is that we never got the chance to boo them directly no. because of COVID. Yeah, right. So nobody got the chance to go and give them the boos that they deserved because they did deserve boos. Yep. But what they've come out and they've done is they've proved that they're a very good baseball team. Good and, then they, and then they went and lost George Springer and they're still a very good baseball team. Yep. And so, like, the thing is, is that, like, they are very, very good. Doesn't mean that they didn't cheat. And it doesn't mean that the cheating didn't lead to them winning the World Series. They still could have won it probably without. But why not hedge your bets? When, Look at the Patriots. When good teams cheat, they win. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the Patriots. Yeah. They've been caught multiple times doing stuff that's right on the line of cheating. But you ask anybody who's a Patriots fan, oh, that's nothing. But it's cheating. But it's nothing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, but everyone's doing it. <laughs> you see how that's worse? Or, or don't you? You don't see how that's worse. Hey, listen, let's okay. just, you know what? At the end of the day, it, that's what, to me, that's sort of part of what makes sports fun. Like when, when that. Cheating? Um, was it? Well, no, when they got caught, like the drama of it, right? It's all oh. theater. We talked about it with Brady Kachuk, but like for me, one of the most interesting parts of watching the NFL ever was when the Patriots were caught filming the Giants practice yeah. and what was hilarious the Giants sucked but Bill <laughs> Belichick's like no we're gonna fucking know what they do too like we I want not only I don't want to just beat them I want to dismantle them and I want their fans to never want to come back like that's the kind of right. attitude it is and I I appreciated the the blow up afterwards because to me it's not really about the event it's how everyone reacts to the event yes. i want to know what Stephen a smith's going to say i know what i want to know what skip and shannon are going to say like i want to know i want to see all the 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 replies on twitter that are from boston they're like no patriots they didn't do anything and then the people who are like fuck the patriots and i i think that's fun oh yeah and that's I think the fun. worst thing the nfl could have ever done is punish tom brady for deflate gate because after the, his four-game suspension for there, I think he's been to five Super Bowls. Yeah. Oh, like, like, he's like, okay, you want me to take revenge on this yeah. for the rest of my life? And well, emboldening that. Boston sports fans forever. Yeah. yeah. Their, their <laughs> list of chirps is just a sticky note that says cry harder. Like, because that's all they ever have to say because their team wins everything despite your complaints. Yes. Cry harder. There it is. Yep. End yeah. of list. Championship, championship, <laughs> yeah. championship, championship. Yeah, in 20 years when all our teams are bad, I'll, we'll think of some more. But until then, <laughs> yeah. it's the sticky note. Man, uh, the Patriots might be bad now. I think they, well, they're well, now. They suck. Yeah. yeah, well, okay. Let's go through all the other teams then. <laughs> yeah. right. Well, our baseball team's in the uh, yeah. championship Like, series, you see so. how we're not there yet? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And the Bruins are probably a lock for top three in the division. Ah, Brad Marchand is right back to being him. All right. Did, did you see? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Tell, explain for anybody that missed the Brad Marchand thing, and then we'll get back to the Leafs. Oh, something. he had the puck. Someone tried to hit him. He's. He knocked them on her ass, and then he just stared at them because he's Brad Marchand. I don't remember who the player was. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, if Brad Marchand was a Maple Leaf, he'd be a Canadian hero. 
And by he, Canadian oh. hero, I mean he'd be covered like crazy and all the other markets in Canada would hate him. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there'd be a statue in Toronto and everybody else would be like, fuck that guy. I can't stand him. Oh, but damn it. Just... He, he is. How do you not love him? I hate him. Well, That's why I'm, I love him. I'm looking forward to cheering for him for exactly two weeks in February. For the Yeah, for Canada. Yeah, yeah. the Olympics. Um, At the World Cup, that was so strange. He scores like the gold medal winning goal for Canada. And all of Toronto's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Adam's coldest take. The Olympics won't be fun. Oh, well, I didn't. <laughs> I just was not no, that interested. Known for never generating yeah. memorable moments. No one the ever Olympics. cares. <laughs> I just wasn't into it yet. And then you guys turned me around. Um, the gold so yeah. medal game. Leafs win, uh, Leafs win three to, three to one on Saturday. And obviously, you've probably seen the breakdowns and stuff like that. But great to see. It was a great night for Scarborough. Wayne Simmons getting his first oh, yeah. goal. Michael Bunting getting his first goal. I believe Michael Bunting made a list in The Athletic today of 20 potential Calder Trophy, champ, or, uh, Calder Trophy <laughs> winners. And that was funny because I thought, I'm like, that's like a wink, right? He's like number 20 on the 20 list. But all the same, he's still a rookie, and he's still looking pretty good. I like Michael Bunting. Justin Bourne uh, did a funny tweet. It was like there's all these different Calder criteria that Bunting misses by like uh, uh, games or days. Like the you birthday need to be one is the most ridiculous. What's the what? What is it? What's the so birthday one? You have to be. Uh, I think 26. I'll find it. Is the is is your year where it's at the cutoff? But it's 26 by September. Fifteenth, uh, I think it is, and Bunting's born on like the twentieth, so he made like five Jeez. days. His birthday just sneaks in, even though he is totally twenty-six. That is amazing. Yeah, like he's he should not be eligible for the Calder. Well, okay, you know what? I don't. To me, the Calder should be. You're you're new to the league, and if you're forty-seven and you're brand new to the league. <laughs> Why Why does it matter how old you are? It should matter that you're new to the league. It's the National Hockey League. Here, it's hard. It's I got difficult. It. I got it from Justin Bourne. Got it. Sorry. Go. So this is from earlier this month. Michael Bunting's status as a rookie is just him dodging the qualifications matrix style. Over 25 games in a year, not a rookie. He played 21. Six games in consecutive years, not a rookie. Played five <laughs> uh, the year prior. That's ridiculous. Turn, turns 26. <laughs> Uh, before September 15th, not a rookie, turned 26, September t 17th. Oh, two days. That's amazing. Oh. Yeah. I mean, Dwayne Rolson, I highly doubt it's going to happen. When Dwayne Rolson came into the league, I'm going to look up his stats. He was objectively, he, he was very, he was old. Uh, uh, he came in with Calgary. Let me just look up his stats Dwayne here. Rolison? Dwayne Rolison came in with Calgary. I don't remember that. Uh, I had his card. Oh, no. Yeah. Calgary Flames, 96-97. So he started this, I think it was, what was it? Why wasn't he eligible? There was some sort of thing where he wasn't eligible and he was like 30 or 31 or something like that. And he was, it, people were arguing he should have been, but he really kind of took off. Yeah, it was the uh, 98, 99 Sabres. He played 18 games. He had a 909 save percentage. And then uh, 01, 02 with the Wild, a 901. And then the next year in 02, 03, a 927. So like Dwayne Rolison was one guy who was like, man, he could... He should have. He should have had a chance. He wasn't eligible, but he should have had a chance. He was a really good goalie for a long time. Meanwhile, Wayne Gretzky couldn't win uh, the Calder because he played uh, WHA. Like mm -hmm. a, I don't know, a few dozen games in the WHA when he was a teenager, when he was seventeen years old. Well, at least it went to some bum named Ray Bork. Yeah, that's who won. So that's not bad. My uh, one of my favorite unbreakable records: the the shots in a career record. Ray Bork. No one will ever touch it. Shots in a career. What is it? No one will. The second place is something like 
I think second place, whoever it is, has 5,200 shots. Ray Bork has 6,100. Wow. It's, it's not getting touched. So a literally, defenseman. so the, the Bruins power play for 20 years was... Pass it to Ray. Ray yeah, Ray, bomb from the point, bomb from the point. Okay, yep. interesting. Who will try to pass it to the back of the net. Um, so the, anyway, the Leafs, the Leafs have a great night. Obviously, Wayne Simmons getting that goal was great. Kerfoot getting a goal. Steve, you were mentioning that, um, uh, that Kerfoot um, was a guy that needed to have a thing. Well, I was amazed... Uh, at the amount of players who had a good game against Ottawa who needed to do anything. Mm. Like, uh, Simmons was a guy where he took a penalty in, like, the offensive side of the neutral zone, and I'm like, you can't do that on the fourth line. You can't. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it led to a goal. He scores. That Mm -hmm. was awesome. Um, Alex Kerfoot was just wading around and diving into and swimming in the what do you do here pool mm-hmm. and he had a great game who else his, had a great game his Dermot, goal I thought had a great game Kerfoot's goal that was his first shot on goal all season no yeah that was his wow. first shot on goal first goal that's snake <laughs> like, pit yeah he's got a good shot for a playmaker yeah right. I wish he would use it more Timothy Lilligren gets his first point too and assist in his first game what did you think of his performance uh, it wasn't perfect, but it was uh, it was pretty good. And the play that he made, I believe that was on the Kerfoot goal. Uh, bunting goal. It was on the... Oh, yeah, you're right. So it was on the... See, because Kerfoot was involved all night. That's Isn't right. that great? Um, so, yeah, he, he blocks the shot and he advances the puck up ice. And then it's the two-on-one Kerfoot uh, bunting. Uh, he was good. I mean, needed to be. I don't know if last year's Timothy Lilligren could have done that. Um and I don't know if Keefe would have trusted him to do that. What I think would have happened last year is it would have been Dermot Muzzin mm-hmm. and then Sandine Lilligren and Lilligren plays five minutes. Yes. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, Sandine's playing with so much poise offensively, leaves a little bit to be desired in his own end. Holy shit, did the Sens cook a few of the Leafs alive? <laughs> um, uh, Tyler Ennis really got Sandine bad. Uh, Tim Stutzel, I got TJ Brody bad. I We're going to have to get that. used to Tim Stutzel getting everybody. Ooh, He's got wheels. He's unbelievable That's to watch. a really good player. But I liked uh, Dermot's TJ Brody impression with the, uh, the he pressed L- L1R1 and then he did the sticky flippy uh, going back. <laughs> oh, the big sweep. Yeah. The big sweep around. Yeah. He's been learning tricks. That's TJ Brody's thing. Right. He's the best in the league at it and he learned it and he did it well. Uh, Campbell was obviously great. I'm trying to think of who else. I really well, like I want to talk about, you, you You mentioned this, Mitch Marta through three games, one assist, zero goals, and 12 shots. So he's getting his shots in. He is driving the net. Yeah. Right. To me, it's a, to me, this is an example of the fan base picking on a guy. I think so, too. They're, I've they're, really liked them. Yes. yes. I think he's been... And this the thing we talked about in the playoffs last year was the perimeter game he was playing at that point. And that was the problem, is that like it seemed like... They were always to the outside, especially on the power play, and there wasn't the drive to the net. I've seen him do it in every game, it feels like. He's he's going to the net with the puck. He has... The thing about Mitch, he might not have the size, but I you'd be hard-pressed to find many players with better hands than he has. So oh, he can he, move his way there. He's always worth the money, like, uh, in terms of entertainment value. Oh, yeah. He's... That, that little... Um, that little pass block that he turned into a rush up the ice mm-hmm. and into a scoring chance, come on. Who's mm-hmm. doing that? Who's doing that the way he does it? He needs. He just needs a little bit more finish, and Maybe I think that's where yep. he's he's missing Austin Matthews. 
I think once Matthews is back tonight, that maybe that turns around his season a little. Because I didn't like how when he came down on the two on one, he never looked to shoot on that one. He was he was facing literally up the ice to looking to pass. Like you're giving that away to the goalie. And then on the on the breakaway, you hit the side of the net. Oh, know, least, uh, give yeah. the give the puck oh, a chance oh, to go in. This is yeah, Schro- no. <laughs> Schrodinger's Marner though, because yeah, if yeah. I think the worst position for him to be in is on a two on one. Because he's on a two-on-one and he doesn't pass it. Oh, Mitch, what are you doing? You don't even know how to shoot. <laughs> right. He passes it and it doesn't go in. Well, of course he did. <laughs> of course <laughs> he did. Stupid, <laughs> stupid piece of crap. I, I tell you what, though. John Tavares, Mitch Marner's the best player on that line. Oh, what? Oh, on yeah. the John Tavares line? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Without question, he is. Yep. Well, and he's looked like it, though. So what are you saying? What are you saying about JT's game right now? JT, well, we talk about how Marner has to step up in the absence of Austin Matthews, which is true, but I think uh, Tavares does too. Right. Has he looked like the ice does not tilt enough when that line <laughs> is on the ice? Interesting. And the other thing is like uh, uh, Richie Tavares, that combo, I think one of those guys is fine, but the two of them with Marner does not work. I think this goes back to, uh, for me to Austin Matthews out of the lineup. Like, I, j- I feel like Tavares is going to play better with Willie, and that's going to get them going. Well, Willie's already incredible, Holy but that's going to get four Tavares in three going. games or something like that yeah. with Kerf. And yeah. the, the setup on the Kerfoot goal when he's oh, in the corner and he God. gets the puck away and he sends it out front. Like, Silky. unbelievable. Silky. He's awesome this season. But, and then when, when Mitch goes back with Austin, that's going to get Mitch going. Like, I feel like everything just needs to bounce out and he's so important to the lineup that when he's not there you see this where Tavares is kind of the the ice doesn't tilt when he's there the uh the line combos they were going with were placeholders because you knew Matthews was coming back that's fine if Matthews goes down again no no, no, no. I, I don't I don't want to see that okay change. so what I would didn't you like would the line no it was, it was bunting bad. Kerfoot Willie to me was it, it worked on Saturday it's fine it's fine but that's not the ideal long term if if Austin's not there it's it's not ideal because the first line is a little I'd broken. rather watch that one I'd okay. rather watch that Willie line than the uh, the Marner Tavares line, the the speed just does not match. So here's here's what we're going with tonight for anybody that doesn't know. You guys probably already do, but it's Richie Matthews Marner, Bunting Tavares Nylander, as it was always Kerfoot Kampf Ka- Kasha. Love that line. Angval Spezza Simmons. Now can cool. can Kasha? I love that. Can Kasha switch sides? That I like, don't know. Because to me, growing up, if you were a winger, you were just a fucking winger. Like, <laughs> I'm sure and I don't could. know. Well, no, it wasn't really. I didn't really. I guess maybe. Maybe on a granular level, like I didn't see a winger look that out of place until I saw Kasperi Kapanen and try to play his off wing, mm-hmm. and I was like, it just did not. It, remember, he was with Tavares, yeah. and uh, it just did not work. The and, receiving and, the puck thing and just getting set up for a shot. I guess it just if you're used to one side your entire career, probably throws you off a little. But you're thing, also a professional hockey player. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. The that's, weird, right? Yeah. The weird thing about Kapanen is I think he was drafted as a left winger. And I want to say that's where he played in the minors. Um, and it just... Just didn't work? But it didn't work that high in the lineup. I bet if they put him on the left oh. third line, he might have been okay. I was just thinking with Nick Ritchie, like, obviously I want to see what him and... Because Matthews is pretty tall, too, so the Twin Towers there. Yep. I would love to see what the two of those guys can do. But if Ritchie doesn't work, Kasha's look good to me. And mm. I feel like... I, he has the finish. We know he, he scored 20 goals before. We know he can do it. I'm not sure if his play style necessarily lends itself, but I'd be interested to see what he would look like on the top two lines. They need, they really, really, really need a third line to be a consistent threat at both 
Well, well, threat at both ends of the ice, not tongue-in-cheek. Like they need that, to be, It doesn't kill them. Yes, they need to be a defensive threat, and they need to be an offensive threat. Um, Richie, I did actually think, had a better game three. Mm-hmm. But the, the speed of him with Tavares, it, it just does not match. I mean, I would rather in the future them take Marner off that line if they had to and yeah. just have one slow, heavy line. Interesting. Put, I don't know. Simmons. Si- yes. <laughs> no, like I'm not. Yeah. Um, and then have the yeah. water bugs did, out there. Did Dubas make a mistake when he let Brooks go to waivers and kept Amadio on the team? Because that's that's. I the liked first, Brooks uh, last yeah. year, man. I thought he played well. That's yeah, the first you know, roster mistake of the short of this little season that's getting underway. I will say uh, the fourth line, the third game was their best game by far. Mm-hmm. And on the Simmons goal, every single Leaf on the ice touched the puck, including Amadio. He was part of it. Spezza wins the faceoff. What Spezza taking the faceoff there for? I thought Amadio was the center. Um, he. He wins the faceoff. Amadio gets it back to Dermot. Dermot gets it to Sandine. Sandine throws it in front. Wicked pass uh, to Simmons. That was... Uh, God, Sandine. There's there's so much potential there. I'm really excited to see what player he develops into. Now, does Amadio deserve his spot in the lineup over Brooks because he flickied the puck back to the defenseman off a of faceoff? <laughs> no. What did he do? He flickied it. Um, I'm not... I'm not going to lie. I don't get it. I miss Brooks. On that on that fourth line, yeah. I mean, the Habs may have to put him back on waivers, and I would suspect the Leafs would try to get him back. Right, but it's tough when you finish higher in the in the yeah. thing. Waivers are tough when you've when you finished well the season before, right? I'm I'm not gonna lie, I don't get it. I part of me did see Amadio in the preseason, and I'm like, I get what they're doing here. I like you know they're looking forward to the playoffs, and we want to be bigger and we want to be heavier. But like, we gave Curtis Gabriel shit for his skating, and oh boy. Mario's oh not the greatest skater. No. What do you mean? No. Well, <laughs> listen, as a bad skater. Yeah. What, the game recognized no game? Is that what you're yeah. saying? <laughs> By the way, oh, re- rem- remind me, because we're going to talk about NHL 22 later. Remind sure. me to bring up the skating. In the game? Yes. Okay. okay. Interesting. I, I am very excited to talk <laughs> okay. about this. Okay. So, uh, Steve, you also did your first stream on Saturday. Um, and you're going to be doing this. Can we... Can Every Saturday. Every Saturday from now on, you will be doing a stream. So goodbye, date night. It's over. It's never happening again. Yeah, it was, it's long dead. Yeah, yeah, especially <laughs> on a Saturday with hockey. But you know, um, the you know, it's Steve watching the game with you. It's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, we had a we had a good time, and it was like riding a bike. Um, and we we have some uh, new tricks. So last year, if you were just tuning in, mm-hmm. you would have to hope I said the score. Uh, you no longer have to do that. We have a graphic at the bottom. Oh, um, it's it. So we borrow that from TV, right? Like we tried to be like, we're a stream, we're a stream, and then we're like, ah, TV actually has some pretty good ideas. So we stole, we stole that one. Showing the score, the score. <laughs> so the the score bug. Well, I mean, if you're at intermission, here here was the problem. If you tuned in during a commercial break, or I'm going to the bathroom, or it's intermission, or whatever, there was nothing there. It was literally just a graphic that said. Uh, we'll be back. We'll be back. And that was because it all came together very quickly and it was a little bit of survival mode there. Now what we have is actual intermission entertainment that is not me. 
because I am a human being and sometimes I have to go to the bathroom. So did they cut to the Hockey Night in Canada scream? Or? Uh, no, we may do that sometimes. I have uh, talked to them about that. But what we're going to be doing is airing Sportsnet original content. So we got Cabby with Connor McDavid. We mm. have uh, Jillian Fisher, who is brand new to the Sportsnet team. So we were showing her. And at first intermission, we had Colby Armstrong talking to uh, both Alexander Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby at the same time. Oh, that's uh, not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. So uh, that, I think, is better than a slate that said, Steve is going to get a muffin. So <laughs> we we have that. And other than that, um, we're just talking talking to the fans the whole time. And, and you're still doing your LFRs. Still doing my LFRs. A lot of people want to know that. I did night of. I wow. did night of. It's a lot of talking. It's a lot of talking. I got a, I got a text from my boss after the stream, he's like, are you exhausted? And I'm like, buddy, I'm in the middle of shooting a video right now. He's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so three night of videos um, so far. I plan on keeping that going because I have an editor now and it's super cool. Most of the videos this season are going to be night of for the first time ever in 15 years of me doing this. So looking forward to uh, the rest of the season. And Jesse, less hog. Well, you you are going to do a stream later on this week on the SDPN uh channel, right? The yeah, uh, Twitch, Twitch channel? Yeah, so on Twitch. twitch.tv/sdpnlive is our Twitch uh, URL. Uh, every Wednesday and Friday I stream GTA 5. So I sit there and with the You were golfing people. the other day? Just yeah. It's so those. good. <laughs> it's such a great game. It's really I am a big nerd when it comes to watching I I rarely am able to turn into streams, uh, tune into streams live, but I watch a lot of GTA Five gamers, mm -hmm. and you're one of my favorite instantly. <laughs> oh, thank like, you. Instantly, you're so fun, and you're easily the worst of the game. Oh yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> the whole reason we started that was because I had never played the game, and it's been out since 2013. So mm -hmm. I figured let's let's do this on yeah. Twitch. Are you better now? A little in bit. In your opinion? I know yeah. what to, I know how to duck and cover, which was a big deal That's on the yeah. That's very important in GTA. I, yeah. I learned that R1, I can do a little duck and yeah. cover and like, shoot around a corner. I learned that for the first time on the last stream. The also characters important. are amazing in that story. Oh, yeah. Michael and uh, Trevor and Franklin, like the, those oh, three guys, Trevor. their, their storylines are so much fun to watch. One of the ones I did tune into live was you... Um, because I knew you were about to discover Trevor, and I'm like, well, I got to be there for that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That and you wild. discovering Trevor was pretty good. He stomps a guy to death in the first scene he's yeah. in the game. That's a thing he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's great. I like him. <laughs> so I've been doing that every Wednesday and Friday. So, But this week, we're going to change it up because NHL 22 came out uh, last Friday. Mm -hmm. So I put up a poll on our Discord, and I was like, okay, which team do you want me to rebuild and be a GM mode? And the uh, team that everybody voted for was the Buffalo Sabres. Yep. So Wednesday Easter. night for our around 6 p.m. Eastern, um, I'm going to do NHL 22, a first stream on that game. And I'm going to rebuild the Buffalo Sabres and be a GM mode. I have a question. Love it. Yes. Are you going to play the hockey? No. Good. Because that's, that's not you a rebuild. Because you got to sim it, yeah. right? That's yeah. not a rebuild. GM yeah. mode, you shouldn't play the games. That's how That's how uh, I've always played it. I agree. Correct. Yeah. I except, agree. For, except for the Stanley Cup Finals, because you want to watch the end uh, cutscene when you win the Stanley right. Cup. Right. So I think you can, you can go to the third period of the Stanley Cup Finals, but your team has to get there through the sim. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Wednesday, uh, I don't usually plug the stream, but yeah, Wednesday I'm going to be doing a hockey one, so I figured I'd talk about it. Uh, NHL 22, uh, Buffalo Sabres Rebuild, BGMO, twitch.tv uh, slash SDPN Live. And 
Um, we have prizes every time I do a stream. I have a spin wheel, and this week I'm going to be spinning um, 25%, 50%, or 75% or 100% off on sdpn.ca. Oh! So somebody's going to get a whole bunch of percent off on whatever order they want sdpn.ca. Uh, Steve, you have played NHL 22. Yes. What have do you, you think? No, I haven't played it yet. Okay, so um, there's a lot more that's customizable, and it's stuff that... When, when you're going through and making your character, mm -hmm. like I usually don't even change the face. I'm like, this is stupid. This is a waste of time. I don't care. You can change so much about the physics. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it actually affects your speed in game, but you can affect how you skate. So you can you can be super crouched over or you can be really upright. Mm -hmm. And like I'm, of course, way overthinking it like I do with everything. So I'm like, well, my guy has a bad back. So he's going to be very upright on account of <laughs> oh he, can't, he can't crouch over. But also, I, like I know how bad I am at NHL. So, or sorry, at NHL. I'm good at NHL. I know how bad I am at hockey. So this guy is going to be skating with a lot of arms. Jesse, it is the funniest fucking thing. Oh, yeah. My guy, whenever he gets up to speed, he's just upright and his arms are flying, flailing <laughs> all over the place. And this is in uh, like ones. Yo, yeah, yeah. No. Oh, it or looks, is it in like your game? No, it's great because like I'll rush the puck up and then, you know, there'll be a turnover and I got to fly back. <laughs> and there's my guy just <laughs> flapping away, trying to fly back. And, and you can uh, change... Um, as a defender, oh, by the way, by the way, by the way, let's let's spend some time on this. So one of the criticisms of the game. Okay. By the way, are the people at NHL 22 ever going to talk to us again? I, I don't know. <laughs> you want me to send an email? Yeah. I, I get the PR I'd love to work I with do. them on some stuff. I mean, if they want to. I, I never know how they feel about me because yeah. some years it's like, we want you to be in the trailer. And other years it's literally nothing and I don't get any coats. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they might be a little scared because we're honest. I don't know. Nasher's pretty honest, man. Like, that yeah. guy's the biggest gamer they yeah, have. Yeah, I didn't and, think that mattered to them. I thought they were like, pretty oh, cool man, about man, this is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, listen, we, we got through the NHL 15 experience, which was terrible. Oh. Remember that? And 13. And still, didn't they have? Didn't they invite us in, though, to play 16 or 17? We went to, oh. the, we went to the EA yeah, Studios yeah, yeah. a few in Toronto. Times. We've yeah. met Rammer many times. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's a him thing. I don't no. Know, no, but, certainly not. I also, I don't know. We're just... I guess I'm not Nasher. I get it. Yeah, no. well... <laughs> <laughs> there is only one Nasher. It's, I mean, he has a champion deal, and we purchase clothes off of champions and slap our logo <laughs> off of it. We are not the same. Hey, hey, hey. But we do know where to get great products like ball shavers, right? Oh, Absolutely, yeah. Adam. That's right. I watch. I Evil watch. Adam Wilde be like, don't shave your ball. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Nasher uh, play this weekend, and he learned how to do um, a move around the net where, oh. he, where he does... Um, I think it's just a, like a flip around the goalie. And it's it's literally, he just skates up the ice and he does this. And he's like, yeah, you need to fix this. Because it's so OP and it's like he's beating the whole game. That's not fair. Right. And yeah. they, like that stuff just needs to be patched immediately. No, he and should like, be ghosted. Yeah, and they should never talk to him again because he's <laughs> yeah. exposing these Screw things. Screw him. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, if you're if you're honest about something, it can make it better, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think that they're open to that. I, I just know I'd love to be able to work with them on some stuff. I think we've got some, I think we've got a pretty passionate, awesome audience that might respond to that. Absolutely. So one of the criticisms uh, early on is it's far too easy to knock players off the puck. And as someone who always oh. plays defense, let me just say, you're all wrong, get good. No, oh. because, no, you're all wrong, get good. Oh. 
How many times have I been standing right in your face? I'm, I'm doing exactly what I should be doing defensively, but the puck sticks to you. You know, like in real life, like a magnet. No, absolutely not. I'm where I should be. I knocked you off the puck. I take it. We send it up ice. We score. We on you. Get good. Mm-hmm. I love it. As a defensive player, I love it. It's so much easier to pick off passes. Not everything goes through you like you're translucent remember, anymore. Remember when you used to have to pick off passes by literally diving? Yeah. And yes. the hope that your player could get up on time to pass it. Yes. You'd have to get the portion of your animation that's triggered to block a puck. Yes. To get the puck. Yes. It wouldn't yes. just, it sometimes might like go through your stick. You know, it'd just be an invisible stick. So uh, you're the shot blocking, but more specifically pass blocking is is so much better as a, as a defensive player. And also... Uh, along with how much you flap your arms, you can also choose uh, as you're skating where your stick is. So you can be like stick up in the air guy, Gary Roberts oh. style, or you could be stick down low guy, which is what I am because I want to pick off all your stupid two-on-one passes. And I got to tell you, I'm I'm able to do it and I'm, I'm really liking it. I'm actually wow. really liking NHL 22. So Great. I haven't done a ton I've only played a, a few games, but I really like it. So You're going to get uh, eight years by nine million if you stick up with this defense. Mm-hmm. I should. I should. I got it. Are you a right you shot defense? I'm a right oh, shot. Yeah. Big oh, money. Yeah. Big money. Dougie Hamilton yeah. over here. Oh, I'm, don't worry. I'm already protecting my investments. Leo picks it up the wrong way. I'm like, no, absolutely not. You pull, you hold your stick hey, this way, hey, Leo. We don't want an Andre Agassi situation yeah. where Leo writes a book about how much he hates you because you forced him to play sports. That, that kid is an athlete already. Leo? Yeah. He runs. He knows how to kick a ball. And if I give him a hockey stick, he, he doesn't really hit it. He just like stabs it he like stabs slice the ball it like a melon with the and, and i but i praise him and i go good boy hey that's great and i tussle his hair like uh, a dog like a dog <laughs> so as someone who had a dog for many years before i had a son i'm really struggling with um using all the same language how do you on speak him. yeah how do you speak to them differently which i just gave up on yeah I go, oh, good girl yeah good boy <laughs> sit down Good girl. Oh, yeah. I go, well, and it's confusing the shit out of Iggy, too. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine it is, yeah. And you see see him, like, lurking in the background because I'll be like, (laughs) Leo likes to stand up on everything now, which is uh, a danger because he's a baby and will fall off of things. Right. So I'll be like, Leo, sit. Like, sit sit down. And you see uh, uh, Iggy lurking in the background like, he told you to sit. He told you to. You get in trouble when you don't sit. Yeah. Why isn't this kid getting in you trouble? You get a cookie oh, when you do Oh, when I didn't do it, I didn't get a fucking cookie, but this guy gets a cookie regardless. This is bullshit, mom and dad. Yeah. I get it. He's upset. He's right. Adam, what's Everly watching these days? What's uh, it's not Succession, so what is it's it? It's not Succession. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Paw Patrol. She's graduated from Peppa Pig. It happened very quickly. Oh. She was just, I'm done with Peppa Pig now. That and Baby Bum, which... I, uh, Netflix needs to delete Baby Bum immediately. Baby Bum is a poorly animated song loop, basically, and it's like this old man and wheels on the bus and all that. And it's poor, it's so poorly done. And the people behind us are such geniuses because oh, yeah. it's literally a bunch of kids singing the same old songs that are royalty free, and they throw it up on Netflix with some bad animation, and you got a hit. 
And uh, so it's so whenever she says, "Can we put on Baby Bum?" I'll be like, "Oh, Baby Bum's offline with Paw Patrol." And so she's into Paw Patrol. And what's interesting about going through Paw Patrol you, for the first hold time? On. You lie to your, your oh little, hell yeah, your absolutely. Baby. She's always like, she's like, it's she an gets into part of parents. She gets into the car now. She's like, she's like, Daddy, music. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, we can listen to music. She's like, Evie music. I'm like, no, not Evie. It's Daddy music. It's all it works in the car. It's Daddy's car. It only works at Daddy's music. <laughs> oh, did you tell and, her that the cops will pull you over if you turn the light on too? Oh no. <laughs> My parents did try to. Oh yeah, me my too. parents that bullshit did on me when at night it's like, hey, mom and dad, I, I dropped something on the floor and I turn on the light. My dad's like, oh god, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, Adam, you know don't I mean? do that. Sorry, it's just, it's just what. What is it with parents? And the, and the what was it with your parents and turning on the light? In yeah, the they, I, it doesn't every, matter. Everybody from our generation thought it was illegal. Yeah, you weren't. I thought it was illegal. But here's the thing: the lies you tell your kids. Like to get them to stop screwing with shit, you have to undo at some point. Yes, which my yeah. parents never did. So I had a license, was a driver on the road, and thought it was illegal to do that. So why would you have a light in the car then? That's I don't what know. I thought <laughs> until the day I realized I'd been lied to <laughs> in my twenties. I-, I was an adult man. <laughs> my parents said they couldn't see the road. That was their big excuse. And I said, and I, I remember in my first car, my Subaru, you remember? Yes. And I, I turned on, I turned on the light because I had to pick up a CD or something. I'm like, I could see out of this car perfectly yeah. fine. What the hell is wrong with There's these a light people? in the car. You yeah. can turn it on. That's fine. Oh, oh <laughs> I get it. They're liars. Lying. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So. Paw um, Patrol. Yeah. Paw Patrol is the big one. Paw Patrol is the big one. And what's interesting about Paw Patrol. And again, I always, I always ask the question, who is funding Paw Patrol? Okay. Who's the angel investor? Defund because, Paw Patrol. Because every year, every season, they are amp it up. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they, they. Sorry, abolish Paw Patrol. So, <laughs> oh, no. You have to. Yeah. So they have like, you know, they have their like little starter cars at the beginning. But now in season seven, they've got motorcycles. And even when he, when he calls on them, to come out like he calls on which dog he's going to bring on right sure they i don't know the backstory of well the there's show. like a, there's like a kid uh, and he's got six Thomas dogs the tank engine with dogs yeah okay. there's a kid he's got six dogs and like they each have their own one's a cop one's a firefighter one one uh, flies a plane what you know whatever so whatever it is the job that they need they call in the right dog for the job one of them's a builder whatever but the motorcycles are cool because they they come out of this thing and for whatever reason there's like a moat around the entire fat fort and it does like a flip over the moat and like lands just to get out and i'm like what what is happening here this is insane see that's older kid stuff i know my kid's two and a half she's not that old oh no i didn't think she would be graduated to that because right into it she knows all the words to the theme song no way she'll sit there you'll turn on the theme song and my kid she doesn't watch a lot of a a lot of tv but she likes one show at a time so when (laughs) she does she's got her show so she's like paw patrol and then it's like uh and then they go through the names and she knows all the names and they're like paw patrol you hear just like mouthing like paw patrol we're on a roll Leo like, is the Wiggles and the Wiggles oh, and the Wiggles and yeah, I'll watch right. Blues Clues and the Wiggles and the Wiggles and yeah, yeah. How many times have you heard Rockabye Your Bear? I'm gonna I'm gonna kick hot you in the potato, face. hot I'm potato. No, yeah, fruit salad. And now I'm obsessed yummy, with yummy. how often Anthony says G, come on, in the middle of every song. Anthony, <laughs> and also the Wiggles um, just get the ah, they're Australian pass for cultural appropriation. They don't actually. Oh, they so don't. They've had to apologize for several of those skits. 
Oh, really? Because yeah. they're still there. Yes. They're all still there. That's a Netflix call, I would think. But yeah, there's okay. a, there's some stuff in there where you're like, that seems a bit... I think they... I, I definitely think that at, at certain points they were trying to be... And I know in the newer episodes, they're trying to be inclusive. They want to show different cultures. But I think the way they went about it a few years ago would probably not... It just wouldn't pass today. It just wouldn't be okay. The Pompadum song, I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> would Justin Trudeau give them a high five? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Man, just yeah. Trudeau had to, he had to recently apologize for being on the on like an old episode of the Wiggles. Like, <laughs> came back to bite him two back days when before he was voting. a teacher. He was a guest. He had a guest spot on the Wiggles, and I'm very sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Man, I don't know what it is. <laughs> We've gone so We have, but you just en- enabled special ability. Justin used apologize. Do you remember? Sorry. Do, you, do you remember when he went to India and he got dressed up in yes. this? Yes. So for whatever reason on TikTok, that has now taken off again. Mm-hmm. And oh. it's literally like, uh, I don't know how people are working it into their TikTok skits, but I see it every damn day again. All the time. I'm proud of watching TikTok grow up. What do you mean? Well, because it's just it. It was all new and original memes, and it's it's like it's like watching a kid discover music. It's all the new stuff. It's all the new stuff. But then eventually, a little bit of time goes by, and they go, "Let's play the hits." Yeah, they, they, TikTok has started going into the back catalog. I've I've noticed. I'm TikTok so happy has brought, discovered Vine. I'm so happy you brought this up because yeah. I've seen. I I've started now to see. Th- I'd be like, oh, I've seen this video, but it's like viral now on TikTok. But oh I no, like, our table it's broken. I saw this five years ago. I saw this yeah. eight years ago, and now these kids are discovering these viral videos through TikTok, and it's it's fascinating to see. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> Tim Stutzel is a great player. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So according to Eric uh, uh, Erlinson, Erl- yeah, uh, hearing initial word that Nikita Kutrov is, uh, word on Nikita Kutrov is not positive, surgery could be involved. Assuming that's accurate, I'd expect him to miss some time moving forward. Should know more by later today. And all of hockey Twitter is like, oh, the Lightning can't get away with this. This whole losing their best player to injury. And just like how this is like a, a cover up. Right. I, I want to throw something They're Kucherov in. truthers. Well, I think, uh, listen. The Kuch uh, is out there. I, I don't nope. feel good about my pick uh, for him to be. Um, I don't feel good about my, my pick for the Lightning to win the division. Do you want me to add it to the list of Adam Cold takes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. That's got to be several volumes long. <laughs> but, but because of the Lightning, Jack Eichel? 
Listen, the, man, the, the, ti the timing doesn't work. Jack Eichel's not playing until March. No, but because Kucherov is on LTA, listen, I'm not gonna. I, you're you're right. I don't get it. I don't get that it. It doesn't work. I don't Couldn't understand. Because they? they, well, they no. could just they get him and put him on LTIR as well. I mean, they were 18 million over the cap. Didn't we hear that? It's it is interesting. Like, did you see the point clip with uh, Emily Kaplan? No, I missed that one. So there seems to be progress here. Like uh, Eichel's going to move. Like, which for a while it didn't seem like that was going to happen mm -hmm. at all. They just don't want to retain salary. That's all I know. Yeah. So that's bad. And supposedly, <laughs> well. okay, you're laughing because oh, could the Lightning be in on Eichel? Elliot Friedman just casually dropping that the Avalanche were in on Eichel. Yeah. What? But they've dropped out now. Yes, because the Sabres wouldn't retain. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's the okay. Now we're we're approaching the first thing I'll take the Sabres side on. Like Eichel makes ten mil, and his contract's got five years left on it. Eh, yeah, that's kind of tough. Like I don't know exactly what the Avalanche were asking for. In terms of retention, mm -hmm. but uh, that can bite you for a really long time. Sure the can. Leafs are still paying Phil Kessel. Yep. Also, when you look back at that Phil Kessel trade, it's sort of ridiculous that they had to do that. Do that ever at all? Because they traded him to the Penguins. The Penguins, I think, were the team that offered the most assets. They, but they wanted Kapanen. Yeah. Well, they. But they, also, um, they didn't have the room. The Penguins were in perpetual cap hell. So what do you what do you do? Uh, well, we're the Leafs. Money's fake, you know. Ah, do it. Cap's we're going up anyway. It's not like there's a global pandemic happening. Well, and also they weren't planning on being good that fast. No, that's true. They didn't anticipate one year of being bad, and that's it. Mm -hmm. They traded Kessel. We're bad for exactly one year, and that's it. The Leafs really lucked out with that. Oh with yeah, bottom yeah, and, and 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 Matthews and getting the first overall pick at all. Yeah. Like, really? And hitting on everyone. Everyone. All the top picks from that little era. Everyone. Yeah, Nealander, Marner, Matthews. The Riley in there. Riley um, hitting on, like, late picks, like Brown and a flyer trade like Hyman. And, and then being able to trade all of those mid-round picks for assets. Mm-hmm. And then getting Taveras. And, and yeah, you've seen what happened to the Sabres, who are perpetually tearing yep. down what's been built up. Um, they they tried to stink for one draft to get their guy, and they ended up with this Jack. They, they stunk for a decade. <laughs> no one, man, no one, man, yeah. no one, yeah. man, no one. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, the Leafs did get extremely, yeah. extremely, extremely lucky. So, um, I, I want to ask you: Did you see any of the uh, the Battle of Alberta on Saturday? Uh, no. Okay. Well, what you need to do—that's the problem with the doing stream totally. straight into LFR. <laughs> totally. The Oilers look very good. Mm -hmm. I could have told you that. Uh, and it was interesting because, um, you know, even if, like, listen, with Calgary and Edmonton, you know that no matter how good or bad either of those teams have been, and both have seen their ups and downs in the last 20 years. They're going to hate each other. They always bring it for each other. But Edmonton, like, Derek Ryan, Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid, right off, like, right off the hop, Calgary's out of it. And then they come back with Mangiapane and Lindholm, and then Puglia and McDavid gets the third for the empty net. So... You know, and that's just eh, Connor McDavid casually scored his first three goals of the year. The Oilers did the uh, the easiest thing to do, and often the smartest. Mm -hmm. They became more of themselves. Interesting. Their forward group got way better. Their defense uh, mumbles through that, and their goaltending stayed the exact same. Mike Smith's probably not going to be as good as he was. Koskinen's probably not going to be as bad. You hope that's break even. Their defense uh, mumbles, mumbles. 
But like adding Hyman and Fogel to that Oilers group, they're going to score a shitload of goals. Yeah, they're going to be really hard to stop uh, this year, and they're gonna they're not going to have any trouble making the playoffs. As of right now, Edmonton is in first place in the Pacific, Calgary in last place. That's because Calgary's played one game. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, so who are the division leaders? <laughs> See, tanking works. The Oilers, the Sabres, uh, Ed- the- Edmonton, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Florida. Okay. There you go. Uh, early season people, I'm cursing because they've screwed me in fantasy. Andre Vasilevsky, you bum. Connor Hellebuck, you even bigger bum. Uh, who else has screwed me in fantasy? Mark Shifley, because you were suspended for a game. Bum. <laughs> Kucherov for getting injured. T- too late because Tic Tac Tomar had you and I lost. Basically, this is all just I lost to Tic Tac Tomar in week right. one and I'm upset. Well, the uh, the season's off to a weird start because there are plenty of teams who still only played one game, and yeah. so a couple of teams there, like Calgary, that was their first game of the year, and mm-hmm. then they're they're still stuck on one game. Some teams are like the Leafs tonight are going to their fourth game of the year. It's yeah, it, the uh, the schedule's a little off, but Leafs, I guess Hab sends all of three because it's uh, an Olympic year, maybe. That, oh, I think it's going to be weird. Very yeah. intense. That, very, uh, and then the Leafs don't play again until Friday. Right. So Really? So, yeah, Friday. Yeah. So if they got a back-to-back Sharks and Penguins. Odd one. Mm-hmm. Okay. The sh- I also Can I also say that the the thing last year where they would go into cities and play a block, block amount of games, series, yeah. Yeah, I really liked that. And I'm surprised the NHL doesn't move in that direction, especially for West Coast teams. Like, if I'm a West Coast team, like, if I'm, like, the Kings, I want that because I got to do a lot of travel. And it just it just seems like it's really hard on athletes. And I'm surprised they didn't just go, why don't we just play weekend well, series? it wouldn't Especially against division teams. the Western Conference because you only play those guys once. You only play right. One sorry, game, within one your West. division. So yeah, for any with, division. Yeah. yeah, for the for like the Sens, you should have played them the two times this yeah. week instead of one and one off and then back. You just play the mini series against the Sens, two at Scotiabank or two and uh, in Canada. Some weird early season matchups too. Like yeah, Dallas versus the Sens. Why'd you have to get that in? <laughs> right. Flyers versus nope. the Canucks. Can't wait on that. Sabers versus the Coyotes as a matinee. <laughs> right. Who lost a bet? To get that one, by the way, the Coyotes are, I can I can say, uh, right at the beginning of the season, worse than the Sabres. No way. Oh, yeah. No way. They're the Sabres bad. are a little feisty. They, well, yeah. The yeah. Coyotes started a made-up person in net. I at least know who Craig Anderson is. I know who Dustin Tokarski is. They started someone who's could be fake. Could be fake. What was the... Well, they brought Ottawa, back the Kachina, though. The Ottawa game last night... Dallas. That was the yeah. that was the auto that was the one game on the schedule is Ottawa Dallas. It's very odd. Yeah, they, they also yeah, so they had twelve games or eleven games on Saturday night yeah. and they couldn't put one on the Sunday? One? They have one. I guess yeah. they really don't want to go up against the NFL. Like, I guess they're serious about not going up against the right. NFL. I'm curious because I don't know what the schedule looks like for the season. I'm curious how ESPN and TNT tackle that. Because the NHL has typically been like, all right, leave uh Sunday to the NFL, but not one game on the entire schedule out of a potential 16 games you could play. Wouldn't ESPN have a... They'd have football on Sunday, right? Yeah, they have... Uh, no, I think they only have the Monday Monday night games. So that's ABC and ESPN, right? That's the... For Sundays? Or no, for... Sundays and They're all by the same. It's Sundays NBC. Yeah. ABC is Monday or... ABC gets the... It's the... They get all of the daytime football games. Okay. I'm pretty sure. They CBS get, they gets get one, Thursday, right? 
uh, Thursdays on NFL Network and Amazon. Amazon. I got. Oh, I, that's I right. It switched. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. And like the zone has everything. Right. Yeah, okay. But I never, got heard, never heard of them. Never no, heard of never them. heard of them. No. <laughs> so it is zone. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. Daz and it's zone. And it's really good. I was watching uh, the Man United uh, game on uh, Saturday morning, and it was insane. They let they let three goals in at like the last ten minutes. It was painful. Oh man! But that's the, poor footy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ESPN is interesting to bring up because yeah, there would be no football for them. They don't have a day slate on ESPN, so they could show NHL. Hockey. I, they but, could, all but all I of would. A sudden, after the Super Bowl, it's just Sundays are just loaded, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, but maybe that's what they'll do. Nobody's watching that Dallas game because the Cowboys are going up against the Patriots on uh, one o'clock on Sunday, so nobody's watching Dallas Ottawa. Maybe that's why they have the Sens because they're just like, well, we got to play eighty-two games and we're throwing this one to the Lions. Yeah. I, I would think <laughs> if I'm ESPN, I still don't want hockey games on Saturday while the NFL's on because even if I Sunday, have it Sunday. on my sorry Sunday. Even if I have it on my network, I don't want it mm-hmm, because right. I can't sell it. You're asking for nobody to watch this game. Yeah. yeah. I wonder I wonder if that's how they make up games at the end of the season. Like post-Olympics. Interesting. I don't know. Because won't it be like Super Bowl straight into the Olympics and then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a wild time. And they're still doing the All-Star game too. God, this oh, is yeah. such a... Usually they skip the All-Star year. game during Olympic years. Yeah, they, they, they threw it out. Yeah, I think this time they want to do it because they want to get back to a localized market, right? Because it's always really good for the market it's in. Yeah. I think the interesting thing with the, the All-Star break, though, is how many players will take the one-game suspension and sit it out. Mm-hmm. All the stars are going to be at the Olympics. They are not going to want to be at the All-Star game. So I can't wait for it's another Leo Komarov All-Star game for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, what, <laughs> like what, what weirdos are we going to see this year? Ovi has taken off like the last 20 All-Star yeah, games. Oh, yeah, he just takes this, Oh, I'll take a day off. Like, what's, what's the Caps' first game after that? Yeah, he's not yeah, there. He, he ain't playing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, so uh, I think we picked a really great year to launch a show in Montreal because they haven't won a game. And Ooh. and so and got pumped by the Sabres. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, so Second half of a back-to-back, but shit. They can't like, score. They can't. No. Well, I, they, they need Hoffman, right? He's the he's the guy that's supposed to come in. But here's the thing: Caulfield and Suzuki looked so strong going into the playoffs last year, and I almost wonder if. And I think this this is a mental thing. Sometimes when it's unexpected, like when people aren't putting the pressure on you, as the pressure was not, especially on Cole Caulfield last year, you can perform. But then all of a sudden, you spend the whole summer, and you know that they're going to be looking at you. Well, here's here's the thing: it might take some time to adjust. The Oilers became more of what they are. That's good. The Habs became less. Mm. They they were huge on defense. Um, they're gonna beat you up, mm-hmm. and they got this world beater goalie and a word a world beating goalie tandem. Yeah, they suffered a big emotional loss when they lose Carey Price for we don't know how long, and we still don't know very much about that. Um, they've had months to prepare for not having Shea Weber, right? And your defense is fine, but who's scoring your goals? So we've brought up Cole Caulfield. Well, okay, that's a rookie. Um, Hoffman, okay. Druans look fine. Okay. Gallagher, you know, is pretty dependable. Okay. I've, okay, I've listed four wingers so far. Are you seeing the problem? Nick Suzuki is still really young, and Christian Devore. 20, 21? Oh, man. 21, maybe 22. Uh, and Christian Dvorak, like, what would a great season out of him be? 50 points. Like, 
maybe 25 goals. Yeah. That would be a great season. Uh, Josh Anderson, there's another guy on the wing. They, they don't have enough goal scoring from their centers. And they didn't have it last year with Philip Deneau, but he was at least part of what they are, which is this team that you can't score on. Right? Schrott's look terrible. Um, the the All the cracking down in front of the net stuff mm-hmm. is going to kill them. Yes. Um, well, when Shea Weber gets back, I'll see how, how devoted they are to that cross-check role when Shea Weber gets back. Well, Weber at least gets the, you know, the hey, you're Shea Weber benefit of the doubt thing. Sherratt doesn't. Edmondson doesn't. Yeah, man. They're, I know it's it's very early. You want me to... They're not going to go winless the whole play, season. You want to play a fun game? Yeah. Who, who I always want to play a fun Montreal game. Montreal Canadiens goal scorers this year. Drewing got one against the Leafs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have three, right? Nope. They have no? two, goal, two goals? <laughs> I'll, I'll finish the game off with uh, the answer. Uh, Jonathan Drouin has two goals. Chris Weidman has one goal. Oh, yeah. Leading and, KHL scorer last year. End of list. Oh. oh. That's the only goals the Montreal Canadiens have received this year. They have one forward who scored goals. Yep. This is not... Three it's goals going to be total a problem in three games from two guys. One guy's Chris Weidman. That's going to be a problem. Not great. That's going to be a problem. Yeah, it's not super. <laughs> no, not super. That's going to. And now you're seeing why they draft or they claimed Adam Brooks. Yeah, that's that's a world of hurt up the middle, man. So what? Suzuki's good. Dvorak's good. And then what? Jake Evans. Jake Evans gets a lot of praise for a guy with six goals. How many career goals does Jake Evans have? Career goal from Jake Evans. Yeah. Remember LeBron got lit up because he's like, oh, man, Evans is like their second most important forward. Five. He has five career goals. 63 career NHL games. Like, okay. Okay. I I don't think they're a trade candidate. Like, I don't think they go out and seek goal scoring because I think Bergevin looks at this year and it's not a go for a year. You, you, the fan base probably accepts that you take a step back after going to the Stanley Cup Finals on, uh, on your defensive abilities, and you kind of locked. You're the team of magic beans throughout four rounds. So I don't know if they're like, oh, we need to make a huge splash to get some goal scoring and and make a trade here. I agree with your logic. I disagree with the outcome because that's not what Mark Bergevin does. Do you think Bergevin's like, I need to fix this team now? He, I think Jeff Molson is like, Mark, you need to, and Mark cuts him off in the middle of the sentence and goes, I know. <laughs> I don't if this keeps up we'll see a different team shortly after Halloween wow um, oh yeah oh yeah wow okay. interesting yeah okay now let me it's Mark Bergevin baby uh, oh yeah the Habs and Mark Bergevin known for being super boring mm. no never, never I don't know I think I think maybe they take a step back this year and they or they accept that that might be the s- smart thing to do honestly yeah, but I agree with that logic smart <laughs> I don't think they're gonna do it no. no well okay so a couple things and and this is a Leafs thing but it's an NHL thing mm. so uh as far as we know the Arizona Coyotes who start who, who literally start a player or a player that they created the the day of um are the only team in the NHL that we know of that has relaxed their dress code now it came out today that the Leafs like, I don't think the Coyotes really have necessarily like a dress code. I think they have some guidelines. The Leafs have now relaxed theirs after Austin Matthews talked about it in the offseason. Like, hey, you know, it'd be kind of nice to be able to just, you know, deviate from a suit once in a while. So the 
the new big switch. Are you guys ready? <laughs> you ready for the new guidelines? So before they had to wear a suit, right? Mm -hmm. What would you what would you refer to that as? Would you say uh I would refer How would you to qualify that? Business. Business. I guess. Well, now they've upgraded that to business casual. So, so now you can wear a t-shirt or a turtleneck under your suit, but you're still wearing a suit. This is the Leafs. This is role. just the Leafs. And the it's NHLPA, by the way, you know, the NHLPA has nothing to do. There are not huge issues facing the game. See, the NHLPA is, of course, using this issue to be all over teams about about this. They are all over teams about dress code. Other things, not so much. The, the NHLPA is really good when it comes to issues that are related to, like, if you were running for student council. Yeah. That's a good, but yeah. anything serious? No, the the NHLPA is no. We're gonna ah, let's not take a stand. On no, that. we're gonna decrease the price of like the pop in the vending machine. <laughs> we're we're gonna get a relaxed dress code. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you need health care? Okay. Well, <laughs> tell you what. Here's a Dr Pepper for fifty cents. <laughs> Pizza wraps on Monday and Friday. Yeah. And so one for Martin, two for Martin. I know we're we're joking about this, but with like. Something like the Jimmy Hayes news that came out over oh, the yeah. weekend. Oh, you look at the NHLPA and you say, there's there's huge gaps in what you should be doing for players and ex-players. Yes. And a lot of people are saying, you're picking the dress code. That's going to be your, your thing. Now, I feel like they could walk and chew gum. Because I do think it's time for the NHL to drop the dress code altogether. Like, they're adults. They can show up however they want. Their, their uniform is the uniform they put over their head when they go out and risk their body. That's the uniform. It isn't the suit they wear to the arena. The uniform is the equipment and the crest on their... And as long as they're wearing that, I think there's no problem. I feel like the NHLPA can do both. And maybe we ought to kind of get in that direction. First of all, walk and chew gum. You are amazing at collecting old man sayings. Uh, well, Second, becoming one. I Whenever I talk about the NHLPA, what usually gets their attention is money-making ventures. Um, if anyone's wondering why players would want this... Like, because Austin Matthews, like, he's not a guy I think of as someone who wants to dress like a bum. Like, he's no, always, he like, likes to dress up. high fashion, loves to dress up. But I bet the first game we're going to see him in, like, a Drew t-shirt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he's going to get paid for that. Yes. Branded t-shirts. Players are going to start walking in with, like, Nike, with Reebok, with <laughs> X, with Y, with Z. Maybe not Reebok. Maybe not. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I sorry, I'm I I went back to 2007 for a second. They're gonna walk in with with different brands, right? You're I want to know who the first player who's gonna be who doesn't have like actual clothes like uh, as a as a sponsor. They're gonna have like a muscle milk shirt mm -hmm. or something huh. like that. Like they walk in like a uh, ex UFC fighter, like back when they could wear their own uh, sponsorships. Yeah, like uh, all, all of it. Yeah, Venom. Yeah, <laughs> on their shirts. Monster Energy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. But no, that's that's a money making venture for these players, and especially a guy who, you know, I'm only gonna be in the league for who knows six mm -hmm. seven years. It's not like I've made a shitload of money. Your earning this. window yeah. is like. Seven, eleven, yeah, fourteen let make, years. Let's make some damn tight. money on the side. Yeah, I mean, you're selling. If you're selling helmet sponsorships and jersey patches, which is what they're doing, let the players make a little money on their body too, mm -hmm. right? Not? Why not? I, I don't understand this whole like, what sanctity? Sanctity? What? Just go out and make some money. It's all for entertainment. Uh, are they going to lower the ticket prices? No, they're not. Uh, just uh, this is what it is, man. This yep. is how we. You're a walking billboard now. You're all influencers. Congratulations. Uh, I I I like it. And and I wondered, 
I bet the Leafs have probably have something in place for like, yeah, you can't do that. No Beats headphones, none of that stuff. Oh, I'm sure. Like, there's always going to be, you know, if the Leafs have X brand for, I don't know, pizza, let's mm-hmm. say, you can't walk in with a Y brand shirt for sure. pizza. Yeah. They're, they're going to have things like that. Um, but otherwise, listen, my friend is Justin Bieber, and I'm going to wear a Drew shirt. Remember that time I got the Leafs to deal with Drew? Yeah, okay, so I'm going to wear a Drew shirt, and you're going to leave me alone. Right. Do we ever go through that on this show? I don't know. Uh, uh, we I maybe talked we about how the jersey is $328 or something like that? Yeah. We talked about it. It was more expensive than a jersey jersey with a patch on it. Yeah, but this is a jersey. <laughs> a Drew jersey. Did you see the quotes of, from Austin about Justin Bieber and GQ? Well, he's talking about them. He's like, the Leafs need a defenseman. Let's get McCabe. Yeah, he's, like, he, you don't remember what McCabe played like then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, Drive you bananas. I, for, yeah, I love that Justin Bieber is a 46-year-old sports writer. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I loved it. Yeah, but also, did you see Tyson Berry's comment? No. It, he, he, so it was posted on Instagram, and Tyson Berry went, man, that guy saw me play defense once, and he was like, we need some help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I thought it was very self-aware. I like uh, Brian McCabe, for anybody that doesn't remember, had was unbelievable in offense, but there it was the... We used to call Jake Gardner the new Brian McCabe when we started this show. When it was fine until it wasn't fine, uh-huh. and then it was very not fine. So... You know how we always give Shea Weber in particular shit for the new cross-check rule? Yeah. Like, as if that's going to ruin his play style? Well, no, we've seen that happen because Brian McCabe had a thing, and in one fell swoop, they're like, you can no longer do that it's thing. Called, called the corkscrew. No, can opener. Oh, can opener. That's right, that's right, yeah. that's right. And he had the can opener. And, and what would you do, Steve? I'm, I'm attacking you oh, and you're Brian McCabe. What would you do? Shit. Basically, he would shove his stick between your legs mm-hmm. and be like, oh, it's just there. It's fine, and players would like trip over it, or they would basically stop, and you can't do that anymore. Right, like that, you're gonna get called for it. So after a brief parade to the penalty box, he's like, no, I should maybe adjust. But he was never the same defensively after that. Right, but he what did do you score, do when the thing you've been doing your whole career doesn't work anymore? He did score like 25 goals on four or a defense one year. Like he was unreal that one year. Him and Thomas Caberlet back when they still had two defensemen on the power play, but those are two pretty good defensemen to have. Just Bam, 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 bam. And I remember there was a small section of the fan base that was like, you should trade this guy. He's never going to be worth more. And that would have changed the fortunes of the franchise right. for, well, the, for own the next rentals. decade. Uh, anyway, I'm kidding. No, yeah, uh, own rentals for a team who <laughs> missed the playoffs. I, think, uh, I, I also think we were robbed in that 0405 season of a full season of Brian Leach and Brian McCabe. Because <sighs> Brian Leach and Brian McCabe together were absolutely outstanding. And Brian Leach said at the time it was Brian McCabe was the best defense partner he ever had. They would have been contenders. Oh, yeah. And Ron Francis is your third line center. Get out of here. Yeah. I can't remember if he would have been there. But yeah, like, he would have been. They would have been year. old. They would have been old, sure. but they would have been pretty good. Um, I want to also break some news here. Oh. Um, I did want to get to John Klingberg's extension, but we, uh, basically it's... Was he, he wants, extended? No, he wants $80 million, oh. though. Okay. Um... <laughs> Yeah. So I just thought I should let you guys know that. So yeah, they're there. Apparently, they want he wants big, big, big money. I feel like he's worth it. If I'm Dallas, that's. Are we doing that or the breaking? Well, news? the breaking news is actually quite quite a lot bigger because I'm wondering how this plays into the NHL. This is huge news. Okay. Uh, according to sources, FIFA is ending its long-standing partnership with EA Sports. Wow. 
Uh, the statement reads, FIFA is bullish and excited about the future in gaming and esports for football. And it is clear that this needs to be a space that is occupied by more than one party controlling all the rights. So they're going to give out multiple licenses again. And I think, interestingly, wow. I think that that's a great idea. And I'll tell you why. Especially with a sport like like football, which is ubiquitous around the world. Everybody plays it. It's huge. The, the, um, the idea, if, if you own a monopoly on that, a lot of people will be like, well, they got all the resources. They got all the money. They're going to have, they're, they're going to push it forward. When in actuality, the thing that makes companies and products great is competition. And we know that. That's why we have anti-monopoly laws. And so um, with FIFA owning, or sorry, with EA Sports owning that for such a long time, there have been a lot of complaints. And there have been, I'm sure EA offered a fortune for those rights. Oh, my God. And FIFA, FIFA would have still turned them down. And so I'm curious about what this means. Does EA still get FIFA, but as a part of, but then another, like maybe Activision gets it. Maybe, you know, who knows? But it'll be very interesting because remember back in the day, there'd be like two or three NHL games you could pick from every Christmas. It was NHL hits. Yeah. As well as just NHL. And then and there was 2K. 2K, yeah. And NHL, yeah. 2K had, a, had an NHL game. Baseball, baseball had, a, had a couple games. I remember I, in like, 2011 or 20, 2010 or something like that. I was looking. I, I only had an Xbox and I was looking for a baseball game and they didn't have one. Yeah. So like because uh, the, sh the show had the uh, MLB rights and it's uh, made by Sony. Right. So it only came out on uh, PlayStation consoles. But yeah, for for baseball it used to be MVP baseball. Right. And I had uh, MVP baseball. 2K also made a baseball game and then yeah the the show they bought the the rights and then 2K didn't make an Xbox game for the longest while so there was no Xbox option for baseball games. And you know that there's going to be copycats, you know, copycat leagues all over the place. Like, this isn't great for EA because other leagues might say, yeah, you know what? Maybe I hadn't thought about it, but maybe we should do that, too. Someone think of EA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is, man, I know there have been people for a long, long time have been like, there needs to be competition in this space. Wow. And I think it'll be fascinating to see because that is by far the most popular sports video game in the world. That's, so, yeah, what... It seems like the problem here is that EA wasn't willing to pay enough money that FISA was asking for. Is so, that right? It, so this is the report from the New York Times. Um, EA's current license, licensing deal expires after the 2022 World Cup in uh, Qatar. Source claims talks have stalled between the two sides. FIFA reportedly wants more than double its current cut from EA, more than $1 billion over four years, while also limiting EA's rights to keep it to video games. EA, meanwhile, is considering new names for its soccer games while, while supposedly exploring new concepts like arena-based tournaments, NFTs, and even highlights for real-world games. Hmm. So I wonder if they'll be like, like the NHL just sold an A package and a B package, right? For TNT and ESPN. Oh, maybe. Mm. Well, and maybe, but I, I don't know if you'd sell an A package or a B package game because you're basically dooming the B package game to failure. But you know, I wonder if EA wasn't willing to spend that much, are they just going to let everybody else into that space and never do another FIFA? So are they going to support the FIFA that they currently have? They've registered the trademark EA Sports FC. So it seems like they're preparing to go in a different direction with their football games. So what would that be? I guess a uh, football game without without with the way uh, without FIFA no, when teams you, when you don't have the licensing rights where you do just kind of oh Players? generic Toronto team. I don't know. 
don't know. Maybe, maybe they, maybe like you said, they sign the deal with FIFA where they get the rights, and then FIFA also sends it to uh, whatever other company, 2K or whatever Activision, whoever wants to make a soccer game. You know, oh, so 2K should rebrand. 2K was like 22 years ago. We need to stop with the 2K. <laughs> but uh, uh, wow, that is crazy. Yeah, that's crazy, and that could be. I like think about what that could mean for something like the NBA, right? Which already has two, right? Don't they? The uh, no, EA stopped their NBA live games. Did yeah, they? Now it's now it's one game, yeah. Because they tried to come out with NBA. I forget the last one, but it's fairly recently. I think it was like 2019, and it just flopped. Okay, it's, 2K just surpassed it in every single way. So it's it's become a monopoly by default because EA wasn't able to produce a competent NBA game. I wonder if I wonder if if FIFA's looking at that too. Like you you had everything. And in the NBA space, you couldn't compete. Mm-hmm. And if the, I wonder if they're thinking there could be a better game out there. I know, I know, gamers will complain about everything, and I, I know that because I am one. I'll complain about every little thing. Like I just played Far Cry Six. By the way, no complaints. Holy smokes, what a game! So much fun. But, um, you know, you'll complain about something inevitably. That's always how it goes. Sure. Uh, I wonder if the complaints were enough. Where, where, you know they felt like they could live without EA Sports, right? Yeah, EA Sports may have wanted more money, but they also, they clearly thought that they were in a great bargaining position. And I guess FIFA was probably like, you're not going to out-bargain us, maybe. This is a sports story where I'm going to have to turn to my brother-in-law. This is fascinating. He he. So he played semi-pro soccer in Scotland, mm-hmm. and he should have not done that and just committed to FIFA because he was that good. Really? <laughs> oh man, he's oh yeah. He should have just played FIFA the whole time, and he would he would he'd be a millionaire right now. Dude, FIFA's a big deal in gaming. Huge, huge deal. This is gonna have ripple effects for a long time. Yeah. I'm very I'm very excited to. I love being a passenger in sports stories. You know, when, when you work in sports? No, I like I like being a student in this case. I can't wait to read all about it. I want to, because do you guys remember the franchise uh, Pro Evolution Soccer? Yes. Like, they're still going. Yeah. They've rebranded to eFootball now, but they're a competing video game. And I, I don't play soccer video games, so I don't know if they own all the rights to all the teams and everything mm-hmm. as well. I know that I, I was looking at the cover there. They had like Messi on the cover or something like that. So I assume they have some rights, but probably not all of the rights as EA. EA was nuts. But like I, I had, I bought a couple of them in a row, like the FIFA games before I just ran out of time. You have a kid and all of a sudden it's like you got to pare down on which video games you're going to buy. Two. Um, <laughs> yeah, I buy like two a year. Yeah. But uh, uh, what was amazing is you could literally start anywhere on the world in any any league. So I tried... So EPL to start, right? And they're like, no, you're going to go down to Division 2 and you're going to work your way up. And I think it was, a, I played, like, it sent my player to Blackpool. And then, but, it, you know, you could go to Division 2 Russia, Division 2 Mexico. Like, you can go the level below the MLS, I'm pretty sure. I think CPL's on there. Like, it's everything. How many mm-hmm. players are in the FIFA games? It's got to be thousands. Thousands. Got to be. Yeah. And it, you, you, it's, it's surprising with soccer fans. How many of them know basically all of them? <laughs> like, it's, like, yeah. like, I don't know how you keep control. But I guess it, you got a bunch of Steves in the soccer space, right? That just right. know everything. Um, and it's, uh, it's how you learn. Oh, video, video games? games? Yeah. If I didn't get NHL 99 for Christmas uh, when I was 10 years old, I wouldn't have, I literally would not have my career. I wouldn't. Mm. I wouldn't. I was always a hockey fan, but that was when I learned. And if it wasn't for NHL 2004, I wouldn't have known about how fast Merck's Vato was. Mm-hmm. My the love oh, that was 06. Oh, Pat and Pascal Dupuis. Speed Demon. Speed Demon <laughs> and, Pascal and, and, and Kyle Wellwood. 
Kyle Wellwood was a maniac. My uh, my love of the Rams is twofold because when they won the Super Bowl is when I first started watching football. And then Marshall Falk was on Madden 2000. And that was the first yes. football game I owned. And yes. that's the dude on the cover. And he was unbelievable in the game. Like video games, they have such a power over kids. Oh. It's awesome. Some of the most fun I've ever had playing NHL was in the lockout year. When I played as Moodoo in the Swedish <laughs> league with the Sedin twins and and uh, Wenberg and who else was on that friggin' team? It was absolutely ridiculous. And then we'd like play against this team with oh man, they have a really good goalie. What's his name? Henrik Lundqvist. Never well, heard of I have Tommy Sallow in net, so good luck there, Henrik. Oh weird, they won again. Yeah, this I love it. I love it. Interesting. When will Leo beat you in NHL? Never. How many years away are we from Steve getting oh, his butt never. worked Man, by Leo? He's going to beat him within the decade. Oh, yeah? Within the decade? Oh, you think 10-year-old Leo's going to beat me? <laughs> you think 11-year-old Leo's going to beat me at Chell? Okay. Well, I'm keeping this I'm within keeping this tape. I'm not kidding. Ask anybody, anybody who listens to this show <laughs> whose kids are even slightly older than our kids. Are you out of your mind? I'll let him beat me in wrestling before I let him beat me in Chell. Are, are you joking? I'm going to keep that kid's game. ass in jail. Steve. No way. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. Kids are so good at video games, oh, yeah. Steve. You know, he's going to have so much more time to practice than you, too. Oh, you yeah. got like five jobs, man. No, I'm going to tell that kid shut up and study. You're sticking with <laughs> me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't play that game. Come on now. Daddy oh, said you God. can't play chill. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. That's you play Far Cry. Mark me. He's going he's gonna to whoop Steve for sure. For sure. Sorry, pal. Hey, kid who can't even talk yet. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to the press conference. That was huge news. The Presser SDP. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. Uh, I would like to highlight something. Uh, you're probably going to be like, oh, you didn't talk about this or you didn't talk about that. Well, don't worry about it because we're back up to three episodes a week. Did we mention that off the top? I don't think we did. Oh, I guess we should, eh? Yeah. yeah. Three episodes hey. a week. Are you like, hey, there's a show Monday. That's strange. Well, guess what? You're going to get another one Wednesday and Friday because the season started Monday, Wednesday, Friday, all season long until, until like July, July 15th. July, well, it's probably because July 15th is free agency, is it not? Something like that. So we'll probably be three episodes a week until July 21st. Something like that. Holy moly, it's a long time from now. Yep. I try not to think about it. It's like looking at the night sky. It's, it's very pretty so and then it, you get scared. In a couple of years, or like not not this year, but next year. So tw summer of 2023, we will actually have a full summer. Off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely try not to think about that. Oh, yeah. <sighs> oh, boy. This I, I have to tell you, you know, as much as you guys are like, yeah, you guys are really lucky to do what you do. You're absolutely right. We're exhausted by the end of the season, though. And if, when you look at things, I remember I'm, I've been talking because we're obviously developing podcasts on the side. And I had somebody say to me, you want me to do, you know, you want me to do that many episodes? You want me to do like 40, 50 episodes a year? Like, what, what am I going to talk about? I'm like, you'd be surprised. What? And, uh, and, and this person was like, uh, this person's like, I don't know. That's, that just sounds like a lot. I'm like, you have to take it one week at a time. Don't think about the long, don't think long, long ahead because it's great. And I'm like, listen, we do over 100. I think we do over 100 now in a season. Don't at we? 120, 100, yeah. something like that. I, that's something I've gotten much better at. The, the farther I look into the future, the worse I behave. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do they say? There was like a, there's like an old Stoic saying. It's like you look too far in the future. Or, sorry, look too far in the past, you'll be depressed. Look too far in the future, you'll be anxious. So just 
Be in the present. Oh, what about what if you just did both? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Catholic school. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. Go ahead, Jesse. That's good. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on this bit of news that came down this morning. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk is the general manager of the Russian Olympic team. Does he not still play? So he doesn't have a contract right now, but he was looking to get on a roster. In the K. Uh, somewhere. Interesting. So, um, what, thoughts? The Russian program politically is always, always fascinating. It is always, always I fascinating. Wish, like, what's I wish, his acumen? So, so what we have, <laughs> Zero. We, we have Igor Aranko, who works for the KHL, right? Slava Malamud, who is anti-KHL, but reports on them. No. But, like, you've got two extremes there. Slava Malamud hates the Russian government, the KHL, all of it. Igor Aranko is working for the KHL, so he's obviously, there's that little bit. He can't be like, fuck the KHL, right? It'd be, I want to know, like, who's reporting on this that's going to give me, like, the most accurate look at why things are happening? Because I would love to know the story behind how this happened. You know what I mean? Isabel Kashidian, maybe Jillian Kemmerer. Yeah. Um, yeah, like tell tell us because like, I think that I Russian hockey is so flipping fascinating. It it is. This this sort of reminds me of uh like wasn't Alexi Yashin in charge for a little bit or maybe that was the women's team. And I know Slava Fetisov is either the head of Russian sport or the head of Russian hockey. It's it's interesting that uh, Kovalchuk is in charge because uh usually most managerial positions are sort of from my cold, dead hands oh, okay. <laughs> in Russian hockey. So I'm fascinated to to see uh, what he does with it. It's maybe good to see a, at least a somewhat active player or at least recent player mm-hmm. be involved because I know, I know at times Russian players have felt like the Russian hockey programs were not player first enough. Like they... Uh, like coaches have uh, rolled their power play in the penalty kill as if it was five on five. Like, all right, it's the third line shift now. So the third line is on the power play. The fourth line is on the power play. So maybe this will give them a more modern approach to the game. I want to quickly say, Mm -hmm. I have a question for both of you, Mm -hmm. if I could, Mm -hmm. with the press conference. Uh, According to Rob Pozzola, uh, NHL power play opportunities this year. Sorry, sorry, sorry. In 17-18, we're 6.08 per game. Then you've got 18-19, 5.84. 19 Last season, a.k.a. earlier this year, 5.78. This year, 6.82. Yep. So that's so far. We're three, mm-hmm. four games in. Some teams are one game. How long does that last? And does it? Christmas. Jesse. Yeah, you see a balance every year. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Just wanted to ask the question. Wait, mm-hmm. I did that wrong. There it is. <laughs> All right. So uh, this question comes from our press conference questions channel on our Discord. If you're not a member of our Discord, what are you doing? There's over 7,000 people there already having great conversations about everything in life. So Matthew Brower asked, is Sam Bennett the real deal? What did Calgary do that suppressed him so much? So for context, Sam Bennett started the year with a hat trick. He has three goals in two games. That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's so funny. Do you think he's the real deal? And what the hell happened to Calgary? Why didn't that work out? Well, it's funny that you ask if he's the real deal because the last player they did this to was James Neal. The real deal, James Neal. They mm-hmm. acquired him, decided they immediately hate his guts, 
and ended up trading him to the Oilers in a trade that made them look pretty stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you have? 17 goals in the first three months and then didn't score again. But it, it would bite them long term. But yeah. no, he, he was he led the NHL in goals for like a solid month. Like it was it was absolutely crazy. Um, and now uh, now we got it happening with Sam Bennett. I don't know. Sometimes with with certain teams, it just does not click with a certain player, and it should. Um, holy cow, did things sour between Sam Bennett and Calgary? And you know, sometimes when you get your heart broken, it's it's hard to unbreak it. Like I've been looking at Vitaly Kravtsov recently, and I'm like, really. It's irreparable between him and the Rangers. That doesn't make mm. any sense. He could be in the lineup right now because th- there's requested, injuries. He requested a trade and didn't want to go down to the AHL as well. Yeah, right? but like he would be in the National Hockey League right now if he just went to the AHL for like a game. But well, you know him and Leah Anderson now with the Rangers, right? You know, yeah. I, I, like certain... this, this is more high profile than Leah Anderson. Oh, yeah. certainly. And I, I think, I think with the Rangers. They had a whole management switch over. So this is interesting because Leah Anderson was the last group, right? right? But I would say with Calgary, it's been the same group for as every other Canadian team, more than a decade or whatever it is. And there does seem to be something funny happening with that organization. That is a good, skilled team. Markstrom didn't play great last year when he came over. I think Tanev was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, like pretty good, right? He's Chris Tanev. Um, but there seems to, and you know, remember Adam Fox refused to play there, outright refused, and now he's gone and won a Norris Trophy. Yeah, they don't uh, do a great job evaluating their own guys, by the looks of it. Or, but even if even if that's the case, like, I mean, it's not like they didn't know Adam Fox was good, right? Dougie Hamilton, they were like, well, something about Dougie Hamilton. Uh, I, oh, I just it's a museum. Yeah, well, it's a museum, <laughs> not a part of the team. Like, I don't know, man. It just there's certain teams where. I'm like, what's the common denominator here? Because yeah. that, that label sure has stuck to Dougie Hamilton. Why is it stuck to Calgary? Why couldn't you make Museum Boy a part of the team? Why couldn't you bring him into the fold? Devil's advocate. Um, Stop advocating for the devil. No, I, I agree. But uh, you're the Flames, and you're like, this guy can be good, and he just simply isn't being that for us. You got to move him. He just doesn't want to be here. And then he goes to Florida and he's playing well. But the Calgary's exa- the one who but looks stupid. But examine why he doesn't want. Why does he not want to be there? Yeah, they have a bigger problem that is not Sam Bennett specific. Bingo. Yeah. They. they uh, why don't get, Why don't we get the most out of guys here? And I wonder if that's why Sutter's back. Because obviously, here's the thing: when they when Sutter came back, they were like, "Well, it's, a, it's an attitude change in Calgary." Okay, so you went, you've gone through Galutzin, you, then you had the Galutzin who threw his stick into the stands because yep. he was so frustrated, and then you had the coach who uh, Bill Peters, Bill Peters, who was never a great coach, no. who they 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 walked through fire to get, and wow, gigantic asshole too. Um, Mike Babcock's friend was the second best reputation he had. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like that I was literally his thing. What, what is, he's Mike Babcock's what's friend. the thing there? What's the thing? And, and, and the dressing room's divided from what we've heard from yeah. time to time. Ah, the players don't like each other. And that's normal. People don't always have to like each other. But divided is a whole different story. And I just... Things are grumpy there. They're, they are grumpy. Things are negative. I think they all know that, that it's a really good team. That's a skilled, really good hockey team. Yeah, things are negative there. And that can change. Winning definitely fixes a lot of it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, Winning I, fixes everything. Yeah, I got to imagine the Buffalo Sabres are having a fun time right now. You know, right at this very moment, hey, everyone thinks we suck and we're two and zero. Isn't that funny? That's mm-hmm. hilarious. But uh, when bad habits start to sink in again, 
and this is later, this is misspelled, and this is, and, well, we're losing again, and this, and, you know, oh, we have a 40-year-old in that, <laughs> and all this shit. Um, you know, the bu- Buffalo is really obvious that something's been wrong there for a long time. Sometimes it's not always as obvious because they're kind of middling and make the playoffs sometimes. But with Calgary, there's a lot of red flags. Final question. Do you want to talk about the Sportsnet's new studios now or on the next show? Uh, I don't know. I, the problem is I haven't really gotten a chance to look at it a ton because I've been working. I mean, it seems cool. I know that space. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tinier than it looks on television. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's how TV works. The magic of TV. Magic of TV. It always yeah. makes things look bigger. Yeah. Than it is. yeah. Yeah. I like that the, the panel seems closer together. You're not having to do a friggin' Zoom call all the time. Uh, that's just going to make the content better in general. Mm. I do like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You guys have watched it more. Adam, do you have thoughts on sports? Uh, I think it's fine. I think it's. Yeah. It. Uh, I don't really have thoughts on it. I think it's less dynamic than the previous studio. But then when they, I was there when they unveiled the 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 first studio, like the big one with the, and I thought, it seems like five thousand square feet. That's how big the last studio was. It's too big. I'm like, I'm, and I thought at the time, I'm like, listen, I, and I hadn't even been on breakfast television yet. I'm like, that seems a little big for me. Like my apartment at the time was 800 square feet. I'm like, so this is six times my apartment. That seems a lot. I understand the criticism of some of the things Sportsnet tried, especially early on in the NHL agreement, but they were at least trying. They were stuff. trying. They were and trying. Part of the reason it started to seem like this big empty space is everything uh, they tried that was new, everyone said no to. And then it was just this enormous yeah. friggin' Remember, And then we're going to go upstairs on the other side of the studio, studio, studio. To Damian Cox and Elliot Friedman, who used to do yeah. the second period intermission on Hockey Night in Canada. Can we, you believe that? We don't like that. We don't like that. We don't like that. We don't like that. And then it finally got down to they could do Hockey Night in this room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they, you can. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, what do you need that's much more than this? Like, you know, it's fun to have... A little spot for Wayne Gretzky and Charles Barkley to shoot pucks at each other. Yeah. Well, yeah. But you're you, not going to use that all the time. But like Kiprios did that. Uh, John Shannon with the panoptic angle or whatever. Yeah. Whenever he was talking about the Kip, uh, not the Kiprios goal. The I was thinking Kiprasov, but it, Kiprasov wasn't in net. Happy Bullen wasn't net. It was the Martin Jelena goal. Um, the puck wall. Remember the puck wall? Yep. Yep. There's an entire radio studio in there, and they would. What, what they ended up doing was they had the high up studio where you can see the downstairs studio from it. I don't know. I, I think it was time to move. And I can say as an employee, it's just easier having everyone under the same roof. Yeah, it, it was it because it was if you don't know the geography of it, Rogers is at Bloor and Jarvis. And it's and, very difficult to get from one to the other. Yeah. And the, the CBC is down on Front Street on the other side of Young. Right. So it's yeah. it is. It's very it's t- it's tough to cross Young Street in Toronto. Hard, it's hard to explain east and west in Toronto very divided if you're talent and you take the subway that's fine well what if you got a truck full of shit it's, you're, you're and, you're, and you're looking at an hour long car ride to yeah yeah it's a it's two kilometers away and it's an hour car drive yeah and construction and traffic sometimes I don't know I, I I mean I think it makes sense I think the the bummer thing for me was I think that the opportunity was missed in the first year when they could have gone street side street level they have the space it at uh, Young and Dundas, which is where Breakfast Television is. Oh, on the main floor. And they could have they could have co-opted that, moved BT upstairs, which BT ultimately was moved upstairs. So BT and City Line were uh, were on the downstairs level. You move on the upstairs, 
They're on the now. Breakfast Television is now on the third floor. I yeah, when can, I was I there for the studio, you right can't now. see it from Young and Dada anymore. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the CBC building, and I was picturing the main floor. No, of the I'm talking there. about I'm talking about Young Dundas. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if there's a Stanley Cup in Toronto, that's where the party's going to be. You want your studio there, right? And I think to me, uh, there was a, there was something whenever I walked in that Breakfast Television studio. There's something very downtown about that feeling, and I think as uh, as broadcasters. In this country, we have really missed the boat on people crowding around the studio, as you see on like Good Morning America. Mm. Um, and and you know, I, I understand when it's minus twenty, nobody's doing that in the morning. Like in New York, you can do that because it's New York. And Toronto, if they are, that's the attraction because you're like, what is that guy doing? Yeah, and why are they there? But in Toronto, what you get in the early morning with a street side studio is three or four people mooning. And that's what they used to do. Like there'd be people like literally out there flashing their wieners at us. And like, and so you, you know, you kind of, you kind of think, well, okay, that doesn't work. But at night it's, it's definitely different. And I remember when there were political rallies and stuff in that area, when, um, when like, you know, when, when city used to do the debates and that sort of thing, people would come in and it was, it was a real feeling of energy. And I thought if you could just do hockey like this, almost like what they do with Ron and Tara coming back, Tara coming back tonight for um, hometown hockey. There's always people milling around in the back. The broadcast should feel big. And 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 I always felt like the reason that ESPN does such a great job with this stuff is you watch college football, people are putting up the funniest signs they possibly can to get on TV so that somebody will screen grab it and then one of the, you know, Bleacher Report or Barstool or somebody will will retweet that photo and it'll go viral like it's it's one of those things where we love to have our self-contained little bubbles here in Canada and we need to do a better job of reaching out to the people and making ourselves more accessible to the people that are consuming our products and I say that from the basement of my house but you know open your window and COVID you couldn't do it but I felt like the the time to do a street side studio for Rogers anyway when you know when they bought the rights when it was a 12-year deal it's now seven years into it is I think they have five years left that was the time to do it I think that's where they should have done it um, and they would have had the space to do it, but you know, I, I think the new studio looks nice. I just wish, I just wish we, you know, uh, I always say this whenever there's a sport on ESPN and it's usually football that I watch or, you know, you watch basketball, it's like they fired the broadcast out of a cannon. It's so exciting. It's like, yes, your work day is over. Now we're going to fucking party. And in Canada, it's like, we sort of meander our way into every broadcast. <laughs> We don't, we don't. Nah, the Arkells are there to get you. No, the, it's not. Death taxes in the Arkells, Jesse, man. Holy moly. Leave the Arkells alone. <laughs> we love the Arkells. We love the Arkells because they've taken over from Headley as the band that's inoffensive yes. that we can put in everything. Who took over from the Trues. Who took over from Nickelback. It, it, Nickelback got too big. So it's, it's, and no offense, the Arkells, they've done extremely well, but like. Hey, you know what's all right for fighting? It. Saturday night. Ah, I've heard that. Anyway, my thing, my thing is. I would love to see something like that. Where is the where's the go-to spot for Canadian hockey fans to be a part of the broadcast? That's what I want to see. And and uh, that's just my is personal that, if you're asking where my personal hometown hockey comes in or do you want to see that on no, Saturday night? I think you need to see hometown hockey for for different reasons. Hometown hockey is to go to the markets that are underserved. Mm-hmm. You know, why would a why would a hockey broadcast go to a town of 5,000 people? Well, we'll tell you why and we'll do stories and and it'll be great. And Ron McLean, when he was on this show, said it would be... They're fun. Oh, I'm sure they are. They're amazing. Why don't we have the pomp and circumstance and it's the big night in hockey. It's Saturday night. It's the biggest city in in Canada. There's always a Leaf game on Saturday night. And listen, 
it's not like I'm expecting a Calgary Flames fan to be super jacked about there being a crowd in Calgary, or sorry, a, Cal- a crowd in Toronto. But if I'm a Calgarian and I'm coming to Toronto for whatever reason, it might be cool to kind of, oh, check that out. You know, like. So you want Maple Leaf Square stuff? Totally. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Build a community. That's the whole thing. That's what broadcasting is. That was what TNT did when the Raps were in the finals. Yes. And, and in the conference finals. The, the the Charles Barkley, the buck stops here yes. yeah. for, for game three. That well, was awesome. And they brought Stephen A. Smith up, and he had a crowd of people around him, and he walked out, and it's just like he's like a fucking rock star. And it's that, to me, it's not about, I don't remember anything that he said on that show, but I remember that moment in Toronto where he walked through the crowd and looked like a rock star, and it's because it's theater, and that's the point. Man. It's supposed to be entertaining. Toronto, we're always like, hey, we're big, we're big, and then we immediately turn into South Park trying to get a Whole Foods. Yes. <laughs> Whenever yes. the Americans come, yes. we're like, no, 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 <laughs> Sorry, Jesse, you look like you were going to say something there. No, 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 go ahead. Anyway, that's no, my no, no, no. That's my opinion. Yeah, ask my opinion. That's what I I want to see. I want to see broadcaster do that. Well, I like a Elliot's, rights holder. I like Elliot's shirts. Elliot, yeah, I like that. I do. <laughs> they need they need to get rid of the um, the circle table where they have the cameraman's bouncing around. You you probably didn't see the broadcast, but they have a new round table desk. This is for and, hockey night on hockey yeah, night I, Saturdays. I didn't see this. And uh, Jennifer Barrill and Kelly Rudy are facing sideways because it's a round table, so you can only shoot it. Uh, straight down. So are they shooting it like first take? So they're they they have two cameramen and they bounce around to um front facing views so the camera guy will walk to one side of the table and shoot it straight on Kelly or uh, So is it DXR. shoulder cam or are they are they he, he's got like a rig on him so he, he does. bounces around. You you're not really supposed to see him but like I caught him in the corner cuz I'm looking for this stuff and they need cuz you shouldn't have a talent sitting side it's unfair to Rudy and Jennifer. They're sitting sideways on the broadcast. You should never have a talent sitting sideways on a broadcast. Yeah. So if, at least where you're shooting them. If like anybody out there is listening please uh, as don't I said, have sideways. your your talent sitting sideways like that I makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so no, what you I like both of them. Just you put can, put a panel flat. Like there's a reason they've been doing it for 80 years on news television yeah. that your panel sits towards the camera instead of having a cameraman walk around a round table to shoot everybody head off. So what it you do really is you you, you can it. have them sitting that way, but just make sure they don't go on camera that way. So have them shot like first take is around a circle. Oh yeah. But they shoot Stephen A. Smith like this. The person sitting across from him is shot the other way, directly opposite. So it looks like it's straight on. Maybe that's what they'll change to. Hopefully they will. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know. We're camera nerds. That's what it is. The only thing I We're shooting camera. nerds. <laughs> it's also a little bit of context. You got to get a rapid test every time you enter that. Do you really? Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Well, that's why I've only been well, like three times. <laughs> is uh, so you have to get a rapid test. What if you're vaccinated? Yeah, still got to get it. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we have to sense. fill out at Bell. We have to fill out a survey, and if you fill out the survey wrong, there's no taking back the survey, and you got to go through. So you got to you got to make sure you get it right, and make sure you remember to do it because I have been in trouble for that, and rightfully so. A lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of oh, fun. Oh yeah. Well, hopefully, super glad this is still going. Hopefully, it won't be for much much longer. So we will be back Wednesday and Friday this week, where I believe we will have another announcement or two. Oh, two. I, yeah. Well, I definitely know that there is going to be a special guest in the next couple of weeks coming in that is going to hang out for a show. So that's going to be fun. So we'll make that announcement probably later this week. And what if the SDPN were to get bigger? Oh, it's good because it's really small. Yeah. <laughs> Just it's, question. It's really small what and kind also of, growing uh, slowly. What kind of show would you want? Nothing and nothing's happened in the last that's month. That's right. Nothing. 
Uh, every time I see what we're doing, I'm like, gosh, this could go a little quicker. <laughs> <couldn't it?" laughs> so if you were thinking maybe there might be, there might not be any more announcements, there are. Uh, we're very excited about what's to come. We're excited for you because we think it's going to be cool. And uh, hopefully by the end of the week, we'll have an announcement for you ready to go on that. But it is time to start talking about it. So that's pretty neat, right? Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Jesse, you can fire the thing. I'll put it in in post. Oh, you're going to put it in post? No, I'll press it. it. What? No, no, press, press, press it. I'll press it. Why were you going to put it in in post? I don't know. Oh, that's, that's lazy. Is it? You got to dance. <laughs> You got to know where where okay. it all is, where it happens. Show me where it all is. Where does it happen, yeah. Jesse? Here, I'm going to dance like Leo. Is that how he dances with his arms yeah. flapping in the air like he's banging bongo drums? Yeah, I don't know which kid at his daycare he learned it from. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.